Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Preacher Boys podcast. My name is, of course, Eric Skwarzynski, and I actually just got done recording uh, as a guest an interview with the New Evangelicals. You can head over to Instagram.com slash the New Evangelicals to find out a little bit more info. I put a link to them in the show notes and the description of this video as well. Uh, but we had a little bit of conversation about uh, sexual abuse, uh, sexual predators, um, violence, uh, just abuse in general, mental, physical, sexual. And uh, he posed a question to me that I thought was really interesting and basically was asking if, you know, obviously the structure of a lot of, you know, a lot of churches, the structure of a lot of religious organizations seems to be a safe spot for, you know, abusers and seems to be a magnet for abusers. But he asked if I thought the church created or fostered abusers. And initially I said, no, I don't think that's the case. I mean, there's a lot of people who go to churches who don't, you know, who don't become abusers. Um, but then I also wanted to backtrack and I, I shared a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today and, uh, how I think sometimes the way that we create, uh, church environment structures and even the way we present theology can, can really impact the way that specifically, you know, men can view, women. And I'm sure there's nobody here uh, listening to this that isn't familiar uh, with the the shooting that happened uh, just recently here in Atlanta. I mean, just in the last day or two um, with, uh, with Robert Aaron Long. And, uh, you know, it's, it's extremely tragic, killed eight people uh, in Atlanta in uh, at massage parlors, um, several people who were, who were Asian. And uh, I think the majority we're Asian. And uh, it's just a tragic, scary thing, not tragic in the sense of, of him doing what he did, which is how the police chief decided to present it. 
but it's tragic for the people that were harmed and and murdered and for their families uh, that lost loved ones. It's, it's it's just it's frustrating. It's another shooting. First of all, um, it 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 has obviously it's representative of a lot of the racial tension that I think the country is already feeling and reeling from constantly. But also there's a layer to this that um, I think prompts a lot of conversation. I think Rachel Den Hollander uh, really pointed to it in in a big way. And uh, and so for those of you that don't know, um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Robert Aaron Long was uh, activist on Baptist Church. Uh, he you know shared um, a testimony back in 2018 about you know becoming a true convert, and uh, he was just you know again on paper a good Christian guy who happened to love you know God guns and pizza you know like his Twitter description said, uh, just a 21 year old. And uh, he claims that uh, that the shooting that he did was to eliminate temptation. We're learning some new details about a string of shootings at Atlanta area spas that left eight people dead. Police say the 21-year-old suspect admitted to the shooting, saying he blames the spas for providing an outlet for his addiction to sex. Police also say he was heading to Florida, intending to carry out more attacks when they arrested him. Uh, Rachel Den Hollander tweeted, the man who murdered women in a massage parlor yesterday says he was eliminating temptation because he has a sex addiction. He was a baptized member of an SBC church, brothers, pastors, seminary heads, how you teach sexuality matters. It can literally be life or death. And uh, so I think that really hits nail on the head. I'm actually going to go ahead and um, pull up our whole thread because I think it's really valuable. So she said that, and then she said, how you teach gender roles and how you talk about women, how you sexualize them as temptations or dangers matters. It can be life or death. The way you indirectly blame women for abuse, lust, assault, temptation can be life and death. This is happening in your pulpits, in your seminaries, in your counseling programs. It's in your marriage books, your books on womanhood and manhood. It's in your counseling sessions. It's in your purity books and discussions. It's in your social media. It's in the way you treated and criticized Beth Moore, Amy Bird, Rachel Green Miller, me, it's how you defamed Jen Lyle, refused to hear Jules Woodson. It's how Paige Patterson treated Megan and Jane. It's in how Jane was treated by John MacArthur. We've been pleading with you and begging with you to see and hear what you're really communicating and the very real dangers it poses to women, the way it enables and minimizes abuse and even encourages violence in unhinged people who take your positions to extreme conclusions. But you turn a deaf ear and further malign the advocates and women raising their voices. Your words, your teachings, and your actions matter. The messages you send and imply and the culture it creates matter. Real people pay, pay the price. I'm devastated. And it really is, when you look at these people that I've had on and talking about um, the way that we view women, we've, we've talked so much on this show about the idea of purity culture and the idea that if a woman wears something, it's going to be a stumbling block to a man. Or if a woman has sex with a man, she was the temptress. Or we talk about even the way, you know, you look at look at Amy Bird's book or Beth Allison Barr's book and talking about, you know, the way we position the creation story to be this template that women are to be women are to be feared and women are to be these, you know, are to be silent because they'll try to deceive. They're the deceiver. That kind of rhetoric charges up men within these churches. And again, I'm not saying every Christian is doing this, but it charges up people in the church who, when they do, as, as Rachel Den Hollander says, take it to the extreme, it has devastating and literally it can have lethal results. And so I have to ask again, this is again, another situation that didn't need to happen. 
It's another case that didn't need to take place. And can we take this, if we're going to take it and, and this happened, there's nothing that can be done to undo it, but can we take this and learn from it? The the way that he talks about this way of, 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 you know, murdering women to eliminate temptation for himself speaks to a poor theology. One, he's a psychopath, like, like first and foremost, he's a psychopath, but it speaks to a theology that says that women are responsible for how I act. I cannot control myself around women. And yes, this doesn't always mean murder for some people, but does it mean sexual abuse? Does it mean sexual assault? Does it mean that men have an excuse to say, oh, I can act this way because she dressed that way or made me feel this way or she was drunk or she was this? When you create a culture that blames victims, we have a, a tendency to uh, make the abuser feel like they're empowered to do whatever they need to do to to get rid of those temptations, to get rid of people that, that could potentially pose a threat to their quote-unquote purity or their position or whatever you want to call it. And so please, I, I think, I think take some time, look at, look at, um, Richard and Hollinger's thread over and over again, like really digest what she's saying. And I have to wonder, is this going to be yet another thing that's brushed off, ignored by pastors who continue to present these hyper unbiblical views of women, these hyper unbiblical views on purity, these hyper unbiblical and, and just straight up harmful ways of dealing with relationships and dealing with anger and dealing with, with sexual immorality and lust. And, and are we going to start dealing with it and making people address the issues within them and not teaching them to violently go after the things that they think are a threat to them? You see this happen with, with racially charged violence. It's, it's fueled by this rhetoric that dehumanizes people. When we, when we, when we go into extreme purity culture, or if you go to the extreme on the other side of the spectrum, it's all doing the same thing. It's dehumanizing. It's treating women as an object to be feared rather than a person to be treasured. And I think what happened in the shooting is just an outflowing of that poor theology, that just baseline poor humanity. This for for a, for a for a religious organization, especially you talk, you know, the SBC and the Reformed influence, where people wear T-shirts that say "Imago Dei." I talked about this on podcast with John when it says "Made in the image of God." And, and, we say Imago Day and we chant Imago Day and we wear shirts that say Imago Day, but we treat other people like anything but. We treat people as as someone to be used, abused, and then cast to the side. Or if they're a threat to us, to be disposed of, whether that means to remove a woman who's too uh, vocal within the church and kicking them out, whether it's it's kicking out a whistleblower or whether it's a case like this where someone goes to the absolute extreme to take care of this. And so... I just hope this is a wake-up call for people who are sitting and going like, there's nothing wrong here. There's nothing wrong here. Like he credits the theology. I'm not assigning the theology to him. He's crediting the theology for what he did. And I think we need to take note and address that before another one of these situations happens again, again, and again. Uh, I know this is kind of a short episode and I know it's not uh, like many episodes on the show. It's not a uh, uplifting or empowering episode, but I think I'm tired of this. Ha- I'm I, one. I'm tired of shootings happening. I, it's it, it, I, I saw this story pop up when it first happened and I didn't look at the article right away. Cause I don't, I hate stories of these shootings. It, it, it 
they get, I, I don't, I, I hate stories about, about mass shootings and, and murder. I don't do a lot of true crimes. I, I just, I don't do that stuff. But then this other layer, when I started reading some of the other things about it, and when I did actually take the time to dive into the story, it's, it's just gut wrenching and revolting the way that it gets brushed off just socially, the way the police officer said it's a difficult day in his life. Uh, when we're not thinking about the victim, uh, the way that he excused himself as trying to eliminate temptation, the way that people are just claiming it's because of a sex addiction, like this is evil and cruel and murderous. And he deserves the full extent of the law to be brought down against him. Like any other message other than that, is also in itself abusive. I spoke with investigators. They interviewed him this morning, and I, uh, they got that impression that, yes, he, he understood um, the gravity of it, and he was pretty much fed up at, kind of at the end of his rope, and, uh, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. You know, again, I just hope the church wakes up and recognizes the harmfulness of the way that we treat, about, treat women, the way that we talk about women, and the, and, and the way that we empower men to feel like they get to make choices based on their comfort level and based on their security and based on their sexual desire and their uncontrollable urges. It, it, it needs to be addressed and it needs to be dealt with in a very direct and clear and potent way. And I just hope, I just hope that these situations stop happening at some point because people decide to actually, you know, again, for an organization that preaches Imago Dei, I wish they would live it. And I wish they would treat other people as human beings and not objects to be feared or achieved or or abused and used and thrown to the side. And uh, again, I, I know this is kind of a short episode, but I, I wanted to talk about this. I, I felt like I needed to. And I feel like Rachel Den Hollander's tweet thread, if you don't take anything else, go read that, go take a look at it. And uh, as always, she said it better than I probably ever could. Um, but it's there's a lot to think about here, a lot to a lot to meditate on, and I hope that we'll all take time to do it. So, thank you guys so much for for watching or listening, and uh, I'll see you on a future episode of the show. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.